0: Uh, a, a little bit of context to this new message series that we are kicking off this morning, called "I Am Feeling." I had this uh, message series targeted for after Easter 2020. I had begun preparations. Um, uh, I was we were in the middle of a series when the pandemic hit, and the Gospel of John. And I was uh, preparing and planning for future lessons, messages, and series. And I am feeling was one that I had, that I had on the calendar, was beginning to uh, prepare for when the pandemic hit, and we've been living in chaos ever since. Okay. <laughs> um, over the last couple of years, this is one of those things that as, you know, if you kind of I know you don't want to recall the last couple of years, but if you kind of recall the things of the last couple of years, you you kind of forgot and lost some things. And this is one of those series where I mean, I had a I had a file folder. I have I have I had notes. I had I had, I was ready to go uh, post Easter 2020 with the series. I am feeling and I forgot Kind of forgot about it until uh, about two and a half months ago. About three months ago, somewhere in there, as I was planning, preparing for uh, future messages, I was like, oh yes, I forgot about this. And the reason I tell you all of this is because it, 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 it's two years in the making, but it all came down to this particular Sunday that I've had on the calendar since 2020, but really for the last two and a half, three months. And I had that on the calendar for us to pay attention to Our emotions and our feelings because as I will begin to discuss in more detail in a moment I think scripture is chock full of feelings and emotions and I want us to pay attention to how those feelings and emotions that you and I all experience and different emotions and in different ways to different degrees at different levels at different times that but we all experience how that plays into our spiritual lives I've had this on the calendar for two and a half months for this day to talk about stress. I did not know two and a half months ago that this would be the most stressful week of my life. Okay, um, it was about ten days. It was ten days ago. This past Monday, my wife Laura found out from her doctor that she needed to have surgery fairly quickly. And so this past Monday, Laura had surgery. Laura is home recovering. And i just say a side note to so many of you, thank you for taking care of us this week. And even with the care of this church, it has been an incredibly stressful week. Everything from, as you can imagine, as many of you have experienced, right, uh, going to the hospital, being with your spouse... Right, waiting for the doctor, waiting while they do the surgery, all those different kinds of things, um, the, the recovery, the everything you got home, um, and all those different kinds of things have just kind of boiled into stress. And I bring all this history up because I think, <laughs> I think God was wanting me to pay attention to stress in the midst of studying and preparing to talk about stress. Because you and I know what it feels like to be stressed. To live in the midst of stressfulness. And so I approach today as one who is not out of, but in the midst of. I am in the trenches and in the middle of the the overweight feeling of stress in my life this very day. And if you really want to peek behind the curtain, um, I preach to myself and hope it applies to you. And this has never been more true than today. Because as we get into this idea of our emotions and our feelings, one of the things that I want us to pay attention to is the impact of our feelings, of us not only physically, though We can find out through science that emotions and our feelings impact us physically a great deal, but there is a huge impact on our spiritual lives. And you may not be feeling, you may be sitting out there um, and here today going, you know what, I'm really not feeling stressful right now. Like the stress... Um, there's everyday things, but like, there's not like a big weight, like maybe as I've described this morning. But I want you to know that as we go through uh, for the next six weeks talking about feelings and our emotions uh, through a biblical pastoral, pastoral perspective, I want you to know, you may sit there and go, well, this really doesn't apply to me, but it does. And it may not be something that you're, you think, oh, this is me today, but you have experienced stress. You have experienced loneliness, anger. You have experienced feelings and emotions at different places and different moments and seasons of life. And you may sit here and go, well, this doesn't apply to me, but I want to encourage you that it does. Because it can be preparation for the moments of stressfulness, anxiety, worry, anger, and loneliness, and the other emotions that we'll take care of or that we'll look at over the next few weeks. We all have them. And I want us to begin uh, by paying attention to the idea that we all have them. I tried to run for a very long time in my life, from a very young age, I tried to run from my feelings. I have tried to be a very, what I would have called a very controlled emotional person. My joke, Um, uh, Just really up until just a few years ago, my my half joke um, was I've only cried in two movies ever in my life, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Turner and Hooch, two 80s classics, and I thought and believed for a very long time that even then, right, Crying when John Candy does his big speech to Steve Martin in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, that was a weakness, and that was something I needed to take care of and hide and seclude from everything else in my life, and especially from other people. But the reality is, is you have the same emotions that I do. We experience them differently. We'll pay attention to them differently. Different things will bring up different emotions at different times to different people, but we all have them. God created you, and God did not make a mistake with, it, with the emotions that we experience. The feelings that we have are a part of us, and they are a part of God's creation. God did not make humankind on the sixth day. Look at his creation, the, 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 the climatic moment of his creation, humankind, and look at human and say, oh, man, what is this emotion thing going on here? Right? We see emotion quickly in Scripture. We see emotion boiling up very quickly from the garden. We even see it before you get, even get to the tree. You see it in Adam, who has angst and stress about being alone, I believe. You see emotion there at the tree with Adam and Eve. You see emotion with Cain and Abel. You see feelings boiling and coming up in Scripture very quickly. And throughout Scripture, there are emotions. Because God created them. And so, for me and for others who are like me, I'm not going to run from our feelings. I want us to confront them, understand them, and to know what it means for us from a spiritual perspective. It is unhealthy for me. It's unhealthy for us all to run from and seclude and ignore our feelings. They are a part of us. They are with us, and it's dangerous, spiritually dangerous, if we try to say or move or seclude or get rid of or ignore the feelings we may have at any given moment of our human experience. So um, let me let me give a little quick caveat to this. I'm a pastor. I'm a minister, okay? I'm coming up on 18 years of full-time congregational ministry. I'm not a therapist. Everything and every approach I've ever had as an adult professional minister has been pastorally. When I work with young couples, as they're getting ready to get married, when I work with couples who may be having marriage issues, or I work with adults who have different crises in their lives, everything that I come across, or my entire approach with every situation is pastorally. Now, let me tell you what that means for me. Being a pastor and having a pastoral approach means that my eyes, my ears, and my mouth will be dipped in. And everything I say and react to will come from a Jesus-likeness. Am I perfect in that? Absolutely not. But that's the goal and that's the hope. That we approach things from a spiritual standpoint. Because I believe just as much as a, that, that an overbearing sense of stressfulness and anxiety can, can hurt us physically, right? It can lead up to heart attack, high blood pressure, all these different kinds of things that we know scientifically, I believe our feelings, unconfronted, will lead to dangerous spiritual outcomes. And a pastoral approach is us anchoring ourselves in scriptures and paying attention to how Jesus would approach or how Jesus would come across and and give us and share with us and guide us and moments that may be difficult and hard and moments that may be easy and pleasant. We will come from this, from a Jesus-like perspective, and that's why, let's start here. Jesus is emotional, and I mean that in a positive sense. Jesus shares emotion again and again, and here are just a few of the emotions as I was skimming through the Gospels this week, looking for these examples, these are some of the emotions that, that jumped out at me in the pages of Scripture this week. Jesus, almost countlessly, there's, there's almost an infinite amount of examples of an empathetic, compassionate Jesus. There are examples, again and again, of a Jesus shares joy whether he's with his disciples or whether he's with someone he just met jesus shares sadness with those around him he weeps at one point at the loss of a friend jesus is frustrated when he encounters his disciples has conversations with his disciples you sense the frustration in the stories that he has jesus is tired and We'll look at one of those examples here this morning as well. And Jesus gets angry and disgusted with people. These are feelings and emotions that come up in Scripture. These are. Feelings that Jesus had in Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is a perfect example. He is a perfect human because he is God and he is human. And these emotions that we read of and see in Jesus are not an imperfection. They are a way to inform and to share what it means to be human in this world. Our feelings are as much as a part of us as our feet are a part of our body. feelings, our emotions are just as a part of us as any part of our bodies are. Now I think this is an incredibly important foundation for us to build right here. Because if we do not see or understand that emotions and feelings are a gift from God then what we see them as is we see them as as something else that's invading or is intrusive. Something we have to work around or deal with. When emotions are actually something that God wants us to confront and pay attention to. He wants us to feel joy, but also to be angry at the appropriate things. To be disappointed at the appropriate things. To understand what it's like to, to, to have the joy and the sadness of the human experience. And they're not things that we ought to shy away from. They ought to be things that we embrace that we hold on to, and we're all going to experience them differently and in different ways. So let me turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Now, I want to read uh, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. The Apostle Paul is writing this, uh, this letter to the church in Philippi, and I want to, I want to highlight this, this small section of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 4, picking up in verse 4, Paul says, read Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice! Now let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Two things I want to point out. We're here in this moment, very quickly, about Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. First, notice all the emotion of these verses. Emotions. They're discussed and they're shared. Joy. Gentleness. Anxiousness. Peace. We'll just uh, go to this. Yeah. Is that okay? All right. Notice the emotions. Joy, gentleness, anxiousness, and peace. Like Paul is is recognizing the emotions. He is highlighting them. But secondly, notice how Paul discusses the emotions of the moment. He doesn't tell us that anxiousness or stressfulness or worries, uh, worries are bad. And they're One of the traps of reading a passage like Philippians chapter 4 is that we will read the passage and say, oh no, we're not allowed to be stressed. Well, stress is a feeling. Worriness, anxiousness, that's a feeling. And if we come from the perspective that God has given us these feelings, then why would God give us something that's bad or wrong? Paul's not giving us a passage of Scripture to say, hey, do this and don't do this. Paul is giving us a passage of Scripture that, one, recognizes the emotions of the human experience, but secondly, is giving us a passage of Scripture for us to confront the emotions that we experience. Paul wants us to be joyful people. That's the letter. That's the context of his writing in Philippians. He wants us to be people who understand and live in the joy that comes from Jesus Christ. But he also understands it's really hard to be joyful at times. Right? We're not constantly or consistently going to achieve this. There are going to be moments where stress weighs on us that it's hard to be joyful. So this passage is not saying do this don't do this. Paul is highlighting our experiences and saying um stop and pay attention. You ever been to a stop sign you have, right? Okay? What is the stop sign? What's the purpose? It's safety. Because there's an intersection. There could be multiple cars going through. There could be people walking across the street and the stop sign is a fail safe for everyone to stop. Pay attention to what is going on around them and then go in the order you're supposed to go. Okay? Right? I think Philippians chapter 4 is a passage that is a stop sign for us. It is a reminder that while our, our objective and our hope is to be joyful, we also understand that anxiousness and worry and stressfulness are a part of life. And so we stop and we pay attention. When you feel, when you deeply feel from time to time, whatever those feelings may be, I think our emotions and our feelings are a stop sign. Not to stop life, not to stop the moment, but to pay attention to what we are feeling. Here's another, um, here's another way of thinking about this. Dashboard of your car. I guess I was driving a whole lot this week, so I was thinking about cars. Um, the dashboard of your car and all the lights that come up on that car, right? The lights are an indicator for you to pay attention to something that needs taken care of. And when we have emotion, when we feel, feelings are not something that we should discard and ignore. Feelings are a light on the dashboard going, hey, we need to pay attention to whatever this is right now. And we know how complicated emotions are. Because very rarely do we just feel one emotion, right? I mean, usually they come in like a flood, and there's emotions we can't even identify from time to time. But the lights go off on the dashboard, and those are indicators not to ignore. What happens if you ignore the lights on the dashboard? Trouble will come, and you will not go anywhere. And this happens spiritually. When we ignore our feelings and emotions and we just try to, to to justify, oh, this or that, or ignore that, or try to even, like, I have done so much in my life, say, well, I need to be a certain way. I need to have a certain uh, uh, look or feel, or, you know, I need to get rid of whatever it is, right? We ignore the lights. We run through the stop sign, and what will happen? Dangerous, spiritual things will happen. We will drain ourselves. We will hurt ourselves. We will we will Everything we think we're doing to protect ourselves will become a danger to us. And Philippians chapter 4 is a passage to help us pay attention to what is going on. Stress, worry, anxiety, whatever word you want to call it, is something that we can pay attention to because we all experience it. And so... Um, I I thought this was fascinating, and you've probably read or heard of certain statistics like this. Um, 75% of Americans are experiencing moderate to high stress levels just in the past month. Right? Some of you have had a week like me, some of you haven't, but you've experienced stress. Stress is the number one health concern, health concern of our high schoolers in this country. 80% 80% of people feel stress at work. That is a high percentage of people who go to work and feel the stress of the day. Stress is very what, what we find what we continue to find out about stress and anxiety especially in this country is that stress is as much the American experience as apple pie and baseball are. It's who we are. And we experience it daily. And so what happens is, if we don't address the stress of our life, if we don't recognize the lights and the stop signs of feeling stress, if we don't confront it, it becomes a dangerous spiritual movement of ours. Because what we begin to do is is we begin to continue to live in the unknown when we have a God who wants us to live in the known of his presence and his peace, his love. Stress is... A worry of the pressure of unknown. It's the it's the weight that comes on us from a from a project or people or expectations of parents and family or whatever it is. And so stress becomes this, this weight that begins to weigh us down. And if we continue to run stop signs, if we continue to be people who ignore the lights on our spiritual dashboards, what happens is is that the weight of the stress will never leave us. If we do not confront and pay attention, the expectations of other people, the projects, the weightiness, the anxiety will never leave us. They won't go away. And so what I'm proposing and what I think comes from a passage like Philippians chapter 4 is for us to be people to have a biblical response to stress. A biblical response to stress ultimately fosters dependence on God. It gives us relationship to God. If we ignore, we separate ourselves. If we ignore, we separate ourselves. What happens in stressful situations and times? The situation and the outcome is all you can think about, right? All the things are all you can think about. Now, what happens to your spiritual life is if you're all you're thinking about is all the places you gotta take, all the kids and all the things you gotta do, and all the the church, you know, all the work stuff you gotta take care of. What happens when that weight of the stress is all you can deal with and think about? There's no space for spiritual life, there's no space for prayer, there's no space for scripture, there's no space for community. We begin to obsess over taking care of the stress rather than turning away from the stress that isn't going anywhere and turning to a dependence on God himself. That's why Philippians chapter four is this huge stop sign, it's this dashboard of lights. Don't ignore the stressful moments but find dependence on God because at the very core of who God is, He is love, but He is filled with joy. And when we find ourselves dependent on God, even in stressful moments, we're not only paying attention to our spiritual walks, we're paying attention to our relationships with God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways submit to Him, and He Will make your paths right what does Solomon tell us our understanding will not hold up we think we got to work harder we got to take care of we believe that we have to achieve and check off but you know what you know what uh, the Proverbs chapter 3 reminds us the wisdom of God reminds us that in stress anxiety and worry we find greater dependence on him We ought to lean on him, submit our stress and worries to him. We're still going to have to deal with the stress and the worries of this world. But we do not have to do it spiritually weak, spiritually drained, and spiritually alone. We don't have to do it alone in this place. We trust in him. And so we'll go back to Philippians chapter 4. Where Paul's talking about joy, but he reminds us not to be anxious. Now, I highlighted a a couple of sections here. Where Paul says, do not be anxious. But, what Paul does for us in this stop sign, and what we do when we pay attention to our emotions, is that we begin to confront stress and worry and anxiety. And what is Paul's solution to that? He says in those moments we turn to God in petition and in prayer we go to him Paul's solution is not to is not to uh, ignore the stress Paul's solution is to say hey you're feeling stress pay attention to that and now work spiritually in 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 unison and harmony with God himself Turn to Him in prayer. Go to Him in prayer. Turn to the Father. Lean not on your own understanding, but go to Him. Stress not confronted is an added weight that will ultimately stop you. If we do not confront our stress, our worries and our anxieties, the stressors of our day, we will stop. Now, um, go, go back for me. Sorry, Chrissy. One second. Now, this, I, this word right here, anxious, um, and I know I'm, about, I'm, I'm out of time, but that word anxious is a very interesting word translated anxious. The word here that, that Paul uses that you could also translate is, is close to division. And so one way that we can look at this is that Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice, do not be divided. And if you think about it, if we think about stress, at least as, as I've been thinking about stress this week, and worry and anxiousness, that's what it does, isn't it? Ultimately, the stressors that weigh on us so deeply become a divider in our lives. What happens when you feel great stress at work? Often, and here's what we're taught in our world today, work harder, work longer, do more. And when you work harder, and work longer, and do more, you stay away from your family, stay away from other obligations. Church community becomes less and less of a priority in your life, right? And when you work longer and work harder, you come home later, you'll have less desire, say, to open your scripture or pray. The spiritual aspects of our lives get pushed aside. And what happens is, as Paul is saying, do not be divided. Do not, do not insert other things into your relationship with God. But rather, what is he saying? He's saying be intentional in your efforts with God. God himself. Stress wants to divide us, weigh us down, hold us down. And if we do not confront the feelings of stress in our lives, we will be divided or we will be stopped. The dashboard light that is not taken care of will ultimately stop us. Last thing right here. I promise this is conclusion. You're thinking, oh, no, more scripture. All right, Luke chapter 4, verse 42. In Luke chapter 4, verse 42, we have a very simple, straightforward sentence. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Now, I love this passage. In, in chapter 5 and in chapter 6, we have other instances of Jesus who makes priority to go and do what Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4. Which is, turn towards God. Jesus makes a priority. Now, what what makes this a highlight for me? Luke chapter four verse forty two is what's going on in the previous verses. Jesus has had a pretty, I would call, stressful day. We find out that Jesus has been dry, he drove out an evil spirit, Luke chapter four verses thirty one through thirty seven. Later that day, he heals Simon's mother in law. Performs a, another seemingly exorcism in verses 38 and 39 and people hear about this and they begin to bring all kinds of ailments to Jesus at Simon's mother-in-law's house and he spends not just an hour he doesn't go up until dinner he spends all night with the people that are brought to him and scripture it uh, doesn't tell us, but it doesn't give a lot of, uh, of, of uh, imagination here. He heals everyone that comes to him. So the day that Jesus has is he, he, he drives out an evil spirit from a man. He heals Simon's mother-in-law and spends the rest of his evening and into the, into the wee hours of the night healing and being with people. Now, I know how I would feel in a day like that. And I would feel the anxiousness and the stressfulness of the day. But here's what Jesus does after he is with every person that comes to him at Simon's uh, mother-in-law's house. He does not sleep. What does he do? He goes to a solitary place to be with God in prayer. And if there's something that we can learn from this, I'm going to skip the next passage, Chrissy, is that we can confront stress in the presence of God. Stress doesn't have to be a divider. It can be a reminder that we can go to Him, that we can turn to Him. The days that lie ahead will be filled with great stress and anxiety and worry, but guess what? Those are not opportunities for us to ignore and to hold on to. They are opportunities for us to practice spiritually the practice of prayer, the work of prayer, being in the presence of God. We have them. And God wants us to have them. And to experience them. They are gifts from God. And even yes, I will go ahead and say it. Stress can be a gift from God. Which is really hard for me to say this week. But stress can be a reminder. Because here's one thing. That I've been paying attention to it through this week. Uh, even more so. A little more hyper focused. Albeit. Albeit. But this week in particular, when I would feel stress, right? Uh, I don't know about you, when, when, when I'm alt- when I'm like really stressed, I'm, I'm pretty short, uh, short-tempered, short words, right? I, I would prefer to be alone and not have people around me and so I get a little temper temperamental in stress. Now hyper-focus, I've been able to pay attention to that even more. But one of the things that I've been able to pay attention to, again, albeit I'm a little hyper-focused to it this week, is that every time I recognized that I was getting short-tempered or short uh, with other people, you know what I would do? I, I literally took six seconds, just stopped, and I would say a prayer in my head and ask God to be with me. And most of the time, I was still stressed, but I wasn't divided from God. It came down a notch or two. It was reminders this week that yes, I'm going to have to live and understand what it means to be anxious and worried, but I can also live in the joy that Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4, to be the person, the, 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 the Christian, the believer who goes to him, who confronts the worries of this world in his presence. Now if this church can be a help of any kind, I want to offer an invitation. I will make myself available up front here. One of our shepherds, David Kern, will make himself available in the back this morning. We're going to offer one last song in this place, and we're going to have a prayer, and then we'll get to the donuts, okay, kids? But I want us to all be invited to respond in this place this morning. Whatever kind of stress, worries, anxieties you may be having, you, one, don't have to do it alone. We can do this life together in community. But it's opportunity for us to stop and to confront those worries in the presence of our God. It is so, so good to have a God who cares for us the way he does. Let's celebrate that this morning. Let's stand together.